0: Fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: Let's
0: go! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and E.
1: So if you heard the quarterback rankings update on Monday morning, you know there wasn't really a ton that changed after the NFL draft, but this is gonna be different. This is our running back show here. Recording it on Monday night, you're hearing it on Tuesday morning, hopefully. Thanks so much for tuning in to Fantasy Football today. Hey, tell your friends, just tell one of your friends to subscribe to our show. If everybody does that, then we'll have a lot more listeners, and that will be really awesome. We'd appreciate that. Adam with Dave, Jamie, and Ben once again. We got a couple of news items, and then we will get into all of the running back situations that need to be discussed. Kansas City, Detroit, Indianapolis, the Rams, the Ravens, the Bucks, the Packers, the Bills, the Niners, the Dolphins, Plus, guys like Leonard Fournette and Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, who were really not affected by the NFL draft, which is great. So, uh let's get into it. First of all, this news item. All right, the Eagles, Ben, they didn't draft a running back, or did they? NFL.com's Mike Garofalo said about Jalen Hurts. Talking to one Eagle source, they said, quote, This guy might be able to contribute as a straight running back. That's how good we think he is. That's what the, we think his skill set is. End quote. Is that Miles Sanders round four pick now?
0: That's a joke, Ben.
2: I couldn't. I couldn't hear what you said.
0: What do you mean? He said blah blah dum <laughs> dum blah blah idiot <laughs> blah blah moron. Hey Ben.
2: He, he kind of cut out a little bit about something about a fourth round pick, and I was I didn't catch what he was asking, but I. I mean, I, yeah, whatever. You could say that about Lamar Jackson, right? Like we still joke about it that people thought he should have been a running back, but he legitimately has running back skills. I mean, that's not a, if you don't say it as an insult to his passing skills, like he's that athletic, he's that good at making people miss. So if you want to say that about Jalen hurts, then, you know, it's a compliment, I guess. If you, if you're not explicitly
3: knocking his ability to play quarterback, I'm not ready to say it's going to like take away numbers from miles Sanders though. It's a little too much.
1: Okay, okay, cool. Just wanted to get that out there. It was actually a a very smart question that I asked. Jamie just didn't do it justice, I guess. What? (laughs) I was trying to translate for Ben.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it it made a lot more sense when it came from you.
1: (laughs) Uh, Jason LaConfora wrote this about Amari Cooper. If you really want to talk about CeeDee Lamb's dynasty value, I guess. But uh, a lot of chatter in the scouting community about the Cowboys draft as well, for good reason. They may have landed the best receiver in the draft all the way down at seventeen. And while everyone has been going crazy about Amari Cooper's deal, the dirty little secret is that he could be tossed aside in 2021 pretty easily. The guarantees are far from ironclad, and the fact is his replacement was already picked less than two months after he re-signed in Dallas. Jamie, what do
0: you think? I think it makes sense that if he's not performing at the level of what his contract is, if they can move on, they absolutely should.
2: So I, I they was probably shouldn't have paid to him teach- to begin with. I was just having a huge conversation on Twitter with a buddy of mine in the industry right before this pot about his contract, and I don't understand the pre and post June second stuff. But what I know about his contract is it's a hundred million dollar deal, and I'm doing air quotes. 10, only ten million was signing bonus, which is extremely low if you look at any contracts. That's typically what converts to dead money, right? So like Brandon Cooks had twenty one million dead on his on his uh, on the Rams books after his trade because of, of signing bonus. Amari Cooper only has $10 million in signing bonus. They could trade him in 2020, as far as I can tell. I don't know if they have $10 million in flexibility, but I think they could trade him next offseason even. Uh, but definitely after 2021, there's no more dead money. It's like three team options after that. All, all his guaranteed money is that $10 million signing bonus and his 2020 salary and 2021 salary. But the salary, I think, would move to a new team if, if he was traded. So I think there's even more flexibility than that. It's wild.
3: It's pretty flexible. I'm looking at it right now on overthecap.com. It looks like 40 million is fully guaranteed with a total injury guarantee of 60 million. Well, that would tell me it's 40 million bucks that's guaranteed, but you're right, Ben. It, if he's cut as a post June 1st designation, uh, after this season. So, you know, 14 months from now, there's, there's, uh, there's, Looks like there's twenty two million of dead money on the salary. Yeah, cap.
2: that's if he's cut, but if he's traded, if he's traded there's only like eight million of dead cap on, onto the book on the Cowboys books.
3: It looks like it's two million if it's post June first, and it's eight million if it's before June first. So you're right. They can they could trade him after this season, or they can cut him after the next two seasons.
1: Jamie, I'm pretty convinced I'm gonna be able to make you laugh at something I say by the end of the show, okay? Okay. I pulled up some funny jokes on the internet.
3: I mean yep. that just guarantees that Jamie'll <laughs> stonewall you no matter what you say. Right.
1: Uh pre- pretty much. So I don't know if
3: you know this, but he's the cousin of a famous actor. So he's probably learned a few things about keeping a straight face.
1: Yeah, I I guess, but I don't I mean, I don't think Jesse. Those family
0: did. dinners, we would just practice not laughing at anybody's jokes. It was what we used to do.
1: People people do that at my family dinners or just well, just when I talk. There uh, you go, you win. I'm funnier I'm funny than Jesse Eisenberg, though. So listen, uh, it's Tuesday when you're listening to this. Tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday night, until 8 p.m. Eastern, twitch.com slash FF today. Go to our Twitch page, twitch.com slash FF today. We are streaming live for an hour, answering your questions, talking about rookies, veterans, whatever it is. We're going to talk uh, fantasy football, obviously. We're going to have some fun. Twitch.com slash FF today. Go there and uh, check us out. 7 p.m. Eastern tonight, Tuesday night. CBSSports.com slash podcast if you want all of our shows, college football, NFL, uh, combat sports, golf. We've got so many great podcasts. Please check them out. CBSSports.com slash podcast and watch CBS Sports HQ. Not just for fantasy football content, but for all sports content all the time. It's always streaming. CBS Sports HQ. Just download the HQ app. You know, I put on my Roku. You got your Apple TV, your Amazon Fire, whatever you got. Um, it's it's a great app. It's all free. And it's just a great way to stay in tune with the sports world. If there's breaking news in football, you can bet one of the guys is going to be on HQ, given the fantasy impact. So please check it out. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Who do you like in these backfields? Some of the answers will be obvious, but let's talk about the backfields uh, that have had some change since the NFL draft. So who do you like better? Which running back? Who's your favorite in these backfields? Let's go around the room. We'll go alphabetical. Ben, Dave, Jamie. Kansas City. Kansas City.
2: Uh, Clyde Edwards, there.
3: Clyde.
1: Christian Equate. Okay, we'll go with Clyde there. Uh, Detroit.
3: Swift. Same.
1: Yep. The Colts.
3: Taylor. The more I think about Taylor, the more I love him. For 2020, I mean. Uh, JTT.
1: Really? (laughs) Let's talk about this one here. Why,
3: why are we going with Taylor over Mac? Because it just doesn't make sense for them to draft him and then even use him 40% of the time. Bingo. And that would suggest like 20% on Naheem Hines. And and I actually think Hines is going to keep his role yep. as like the two-minute down, two-minute drill back, passing downs back, they're chasing points late, he's going to be the one on the field. I I know it already spells out doom and gloom for Marlon Mack. There's, there are a handful of things that can happen to Marlon Mack that will just... Kick down the door for Jonathan Taylor to be the guy. Obviously, injury could be one of those things, and Mac has been beat up over his career. But what about a trade? What if he gets the Carlos Hyde treatment? Running back gets hurt somewhere else. Colts ship off Marlon Mack for you know, fifth round pick. Who knows? And then Jonathan Taylor is the main guy. And even if Mac stays, and even if he plays sixteen games, what are the odds he's going to take forty percent of the carries from from Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines? I think it's slim. I think Taylor's, it's it's hard to keep him out of my top 50.
2: I think in week, and I agree with all that. I, I think in week one, that's not going to sound right. But in week six, it is. And in week 10, Taylor's going to be the guy. I, I think he could run for 1,000 yards, even in 2020 when Mac's on the roster. Because I think by the end of the season, he's going to be the clearly the most talented back. He's going to establish that that and, and that offensive line is going to be so helpful. And then you have Phillip rivers who has always been somebody who as immobile as he is checks down to his backs. Yes. Hines is going to keep his third down roll. That doesn't mean that Taylor won't be able to catch some passes from rivers, just like Melvin Gordon did even when Austin Eckler was right. you know maintaining passing down. So I think Taylor's going to wind up having a really good
3: year.
1: So who do you like better Swift or Taylor?
3: That that's, for me. that's an example. Like I still have Swift higher, but it's, It's hard. It's tough.
1: Jamie, Swift or Taylor?
0: Oh, Taylor. I mean, I I think, you know, you look at it, they're both in crowded situations, uh, but scenario favors Taylor if he's getting work more so than Swift if he's getting work. I mean, Taylor's offensive line is better. He's a better talent. Um, And so I would would take Taylor. Can we all agree that if
1: Taylor gets more – if Taylor in Indianapolis, Swift in Detroit – if Taylor and Swift get the same amount of carries, we expect more production from the Indianapolis situation, from Jonathan
3: Taylor, right? hundred yeah. uh, percent. Swift would probably get more catches. All right, that's I, fair. Yeah, so...
0: I don't if, think it'd be by much, though.
3: No, I think it could be by, like, 20 or 30 catches. Mm, I don't agree.
1: Let's go to the Rams. Who do you like the best in the Rams backfield?
3: Akers. Cam yeah. Akers.
2: That one's, I think... Harder to feel confident about, if that makes sense. Like, I, I, I think you have to put Akers first. But, and it, this isn't even just because I love Daryl Henderson, and, and maybe it's some of that. But I also think that Malcolm Brown, like Heath has said this, he kind of expects Malcolm Brown to lead the backfield in week one. And, and I, I think they will still use Malcolm Brown. So, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think you have to like Akers the most. But th- this one is a little bit tough.
1: Is he We're just not going to know. Right now... So, Is Akers behind Swift and Taylor, and obviously Edward Zelair.
0: Not for me. He's ahead of Swift.
3: Yep, that's how I have it, too. I I currently have Taylor last the four.
1: Okay. So, who do you like best in Baltimore?
3: Ingram. Yep, that's the one.
1: What's the difference between Ingram and Mack? Why are you projecting... Swift to or Taylor rather to overtake Mac but not Dobbins to overtake Ingram
0: I think Ingram is like their culture like he's he's their guy you know he's he came in last year and you know assumed a leadership role when they needed one on offense he is a, a trusted commodity he is um, you know this, this was clearly a we need I think this is more an indication of Gus Edwards is just a guy and Justice still probably never going to be a featured guy So this was a move of we have a chance to get a star player that is going to help us now, but really help us next year. Yeah.
2: Okay. And he fits so well. Uh, Graham Barfield just tweeted out today that uh, out of the entire 2020 class, Dobbins took more carries, a higher percentage of his total carries out of RPO looks than any back. And we know the Ravens run more RPOs than anyone. I mean, that's, that's their running game. So Dobbins is going to be their, their future back alongside Lamar Jackson. But I agree with with Jamie, and that's the same reason he put it well, that, that Ingram's kind of their culture.
0: He He's going to be – it's funny because you're going to see people look at rookie-only drafts and then go, wow, you guys are so high or the industry is so high on Dobbins in those formats but ranks so low in seasonal formats. But that's the scenario. It's you, you want this guy like, – he'll contribute – and, and remember, Ingram popped his calf at the end of the season last year. And so, if that happens early in the season for a 31-year-old running back, we'll it'll be thirty one when the season starts, 31 by the season end. If that happens, Dobbins could be an absolute monster and better than all these guys.
1: Yeah, and Gus Edwards had 133 carries last year, so there is a role there to be had for a number two running back. Let's go to the Buccaneers. Who do you like better in Tampa Bay?
3: Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn. Yep. But Ain't, it took me like 24 hours, but I'll say that I like Vaughn better, but I don't know if I necessarily love either guy. I mean, I just, there's something that I want to just put out there. We spent considerable time on this podcast talking about the rookie prospects, and we might have spent 45 seconds on Keyshawn Vaughn the entire time. So while he's, he's landed in a great spot, I just, I'm not ready to say that he's anything better than just, you know, a decent back. So if this comes down to, you know, running backs don't matter, something like that, sure. He's got a real good chance. There are a couple things he can do better in terms of catching the ball and, and pass protecting than Ronald Jones. But he might that he might be their guy and that's it on passing downs. And Rojo's still rolling in first and second downs. We don't know. I think it's gonna be a competition. Bruce Aarons was asked if he's his new David Johnson, and Arians said, No, he's not he's not like David Johnson. And then he went on talking about how this Calais, I think that's how you say his last name, they're they're the running back they took later on, who just seems like he's a a special teams guy. He says that he's he's like a little David Johnson. So uh, I'm not sure what we're walking into with this backfield and people who are very excited about Vaughn. I, at this point, I would be nervous about it. I'm not sure he's going to pay off if you take him, you know, top sixty pick on draft day.
2: But one note on that on Raymond Calais, he's 177 pounds.
3: He's I know five eight. That's why he said he. Look, I'm not saying that Calais is the one to draft or anything like sure. that, but if he contributes, if he's the best pass catcher in training camp, Bruce Aarons is going to find a way to get him on the field for a handful of third third longs.
0: Not if he can't block.
3: No, because he'd be running a route. He doesn't have to block.
0: Well, he has to contribute in some area of that if he's going to be on of Well, that's against.
3: how you think he's going to contribute is by catching the ball. There's plenty know. of running backs that run a route instead of chip or.
0: Yeah, but the, the you, you also early. have to you also have to hide your coverages and hide your 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 uh your formations. If it's third, and, so if if it's third
3: and ten, I, I don't think they're expecting a run.
0: Not if you have Evans, Godwin, and Gronk, you can see you can afford to keep your running back in the block plenty of times. Trust <laughs> me.
3: If that's what they want to do, sure.
0: So let's do four more
1: teams here. Who do you like in Green Bay, Aaron Jones? Who do you like in Buffalo?
3: Singletary. It's Singletary. Singletary.
1: Who do you like in San Francisco?
0: Ulster. Well, well, that's true
1: for now. And who do you like in Miami?
0: Drake. <laughs> Brita. Uh, Howard, non-PPR, Brita PPR.
1: Okay. Howard, non-PPR, Brita PPR. And, uh, I meant Brita. I
2: said Drake. <laughs> you guys thought I was kidding. I meant Brita.
1: That's ridiculous that Jamie would laugh at that and not the amazing things <laughs> that I say. Uh, Jamie, I have a, a question specifically for you. I got you. a longer
2: track record of being funny, Adam. I'm is sorry. that right?
1: Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny when you said you could beat me in Tecmo Super Bowl. That was ridiculous.
2: Well, we're going to get that set up on Twitch. Schreger's confident it can happen.
1: Jamie, uh, what's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know. I don't know either, but the flag is a big plus.
0: Okay, that's funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, internet, for that one. So let's go through the uh, consensus rankings. It's just just going to Google the Switzerland flag flag to make sure. All <laughs> right. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, one. Saquon Barkley, two. This is PPR. Dalvin Cook, three. Ezekiel Elliott, four. Alvin Kamara. Oh, this is non-PPR. Let's toggle over to PPR, shall we? Okay. McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke uh, Cook, Kamara. It's your top five. Gets pretty interesting after that. Number six, Austin Eckler. Number seven, Derek Henry. Joe Mixon eight. Kenyon Drake nine. Miles Sanders ten. So after the McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Cook, Camara, you've got Eckler six, Henry seven. This is PPR. Joe Mixon eight. Kenyon Drake nine. Miles Sanders ten. Pretty soon we'll talk Nick Chubb, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, but. Uh, what do you think about that, Dave? Is there anyone in this uh, six through ten range that's too high or too low? Do you think?
3: Uh, after the draft, I've decided that Miles Sanders is worthy of that six spot. That's yeah, I'm, baby. I'm on. Welcome I'm on to team the A's. party. welcome well, I don't know if this is really the kind of party I want to be at, but if it comes with having Miles Sanders on my fantasy team, then I'm in. But he was just—he was too good down the stretch last year, and. Too big a factor catching the football to to be ignored. And the offensive line is good. They added a ton of speed at wide receiver. And it's. I think he's going to be able to get a lot of touches week in and week out and and do well with them. I know that we've said for years, well, Philadelphia likes to use, you know, a bunch of running backs and mix and match. I, I guess I have a hard time believing that that's going to be the case so long as they keep their running back crew as is.
2: Well, yeah, so they didn't add anyone. I mean, he's the exactly. biggest under... Under the radar winner from the draft. I mean, as I was doing rankings, I had the same same take. I mean, he's a rocket ship. We he he is absolutely a top ten back now.
1: He's a sixth pick in the draft for me, eh, seventh in PPR. I I don't know. He's the sixth running back off the board. I guess I have to decide how I feel about him with uh <clears throat> with like Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. Jamie, do you agree? Is is should Miles Sanders be R B six? Yeah, I put him at seven
0: behind Mixon, but I can certainly see myself moving ahead of Mixon, for sure. All
1: right, again, let's let's look at the rest of the group here. Any other big arguments? We can move on, and we don't have to talk about everybody. But it's it's Eckler, who, you know, they didn't draft a running back until the fourth round. Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders. That's six through ten.
0: Henry's a little too high for me, but that's fine. Yeah, way too high for me.
2: I have Derrick Henry ranked... Oh, I have ranked 12th at running back. I guess that's not
3: horrible. I thought it was lower. How are we feeling about Eckler? Good. Yep. What did the Chargers tell us with their drafting? They didn't prioritize running back. Joshua Kelly's a nice addition. I don't think he's the type of of running back that's going to take away a a ton of work from Austin Eckler. And I don't think it'll be a three-headed situation. The, the, The usual way that they've operated is one guy gets... 10 to 12 touches, and the other guy gets the rest. So I, I would assume that Kelly will battle with Justin Jackson in camp to be that guy that gets 10 to 12 touches, and uh, Eckler will get everything else, and that's what we want.
1: So Eckler, Mixon, and Drake, how do you rank them?
3: Mixon is going to be first for me, then
0: Eckler, then Drake. Yeah, just keep in mind if he's going to be a holdout. That's the only thing. Who? Mixing.
3: Hmm. I have Drake over Eckler. It'd be it would be shocking if Eckler holds out after getting a new contract.
0: <laughs> I have uh, I have Eckler over Drake in PPR. Drake over Eckler non PPR, but um, I think both are, are very good.
1: All right, let's go through eleven through fifteen of the consensus rankings: Nick Chubb, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, fifteenth. So eleven through fifteen: Nick Chubb, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. What do you think?
0: Another good group.
2: I think too high on Le'Veon Bell by a lot. What what did he do last year? Why do we think he's going to be so much better?
3: I because the offensive lines improved.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's in this range. You know, I I I wouldn't put him first. Um, I I take a chance on Edwards Hilaire over him. Um, but I'm probably in the minority on that. I, I just think that there's more upside with him in the Kansas city offense than there is for bell who is another year older, another year of taking a heavy workload. Um, you know, yes, the offensive line improved. They didn't really add anything significant in terms of competition as well. Well, Michael P Ryan's not going to take him off the field for significant stretches. So, um, but yeah, he, should, so he should be fine.
2: I, I agree with that point, but, and we're going to get to 16 to 20, here in a sec, and I guess I I should say that my rankings aren't aren't a part of this consensus, so they're they're going to be a little bit different in, in points. Um, but Gurley's in the in the sixteen to twenty range. I would take Gurley over Bell. I mean, it's the same same thing,
3: but a better I think offense. Bell's going to catch enough passes to be better than Gurley, and I don't think he's going to only have what four touchdowns he had last year. I figure he'll get more than but that. But Gurley's in a way
2: better offense for touchdowns.
3: Yeah. But I'm not I'm or I'm not certain that he's going to get let's call it 50 catches. That's the the mark we like to use. Okay. I think Le'Veon gets that in his sleep.
1: So we've got back to back 14 and 15. Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards Elaire and different roles. You know, I love. I'm sure we all love Josh Jacobs' talent. You know, there's no question in my mind he's a better player than Le'Veon Bell right now. It's just. We don't know what his role in the passing game is going to be. And we don't know really what Clyde Edwards-Elair's role is going to be, period. But let's talk about that. Who do you like better, Josh Jacobs or Clyde Edwards-Elair? And I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, by the way.
0: Uh, I like I like Edwards-Elair better. I just think he's got a chance to be an absolute star in this Chiefs offense. Now, that's obviously speculation because we don't know what they're going to do with Damien Williams and the other backs they have on the roster, but... The draft stock tells you that they're very heavily invested. His talent was pretty impressive at LSU. He's a he's a superior cat, pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, I think Jacobs is, is in a great spot as well. Um, you know, the fact that they added Lynn Bowden doesn't necessarily help, I think, in terms of his pass catching, because that's another pass catching back that they have with bringing back Jalen Richard. and they'll be creative with Bowden. You know, they could do a, a bunch of different things with him. So um, I just wonder where his ceiling is. Um, And as we saw last year, you know, the concern was, can he hold up to feature down work? The shoulder injury is a little telling that maybe that could be a problem at some point if he has another injury. Dave,
1: Ben, get in there. Josh Jacobs versus Clyde Edwards-Hilaire.
0: So
3: I have Jacobs ahead of Hilaire right now, and it's in pencil. I I have to admit it. I can't say for sure this is how I'm going to draft come August because... It's, it's not going to take much to get over the moon for Hilaire, which is where Jamie is now. Jamie's camped out on the other side of the moon on this. Um, but Jacobs is still a really good back, really talented. The catches do matter here. But I also think that Jacobs is going to benefit from having speed added to the receiving core in Vegas. And I still don't believe that this is suddenly going to become a – pass frenzy offense. I think they're still going to be mildly or maybe even mostly conservative when it comes to how they play. And I think Jacobs has a lot of what we look for from a running back opportunities to score minimum of 15 touches per week. Hopefully he stays healthy. Offensive line is still pretty good. So I'm him and Chubb. I know that they're not going to catch a ton of passes, but I think they're both just really talented running backs and I think both of them can get a lot of work week in and week out.
1: Yeah. But why, sorry, to, I'll throw this one to Ben. Why is Mixon clearly ahead of Nick Chubb and, and Josh Jacobs? Uh, aren't, aren't they in the same boat, really?
2: Mixon hasn't really had the three-down rule that we'd like right. as frequ- frequently as we would like. But he is a little bit underrated. I think fantasy... You know he's one of those players that that we do with, with our fantasy expectations influence our perception of the player and we've had really high expectations for him so i don't think people really recognize that he has 1400 yards in back-to-back seasons i mean like he's nearly 100 yards per game over total the last yards, two years total yards total yards yeah of, of, but if we're talking about him not having a great receiving role then that's just you know speaks to how how well he does whatever, all the way around. I think there's upside from that, and there's upside in touchdowns if this offense gets a lot better. I mean, he's been a pretty productive back the last two years. He
1: has been, yeah. I just wonder if he can be elite because it doesn't seem like he's going to get to that 50-catch threshold.
3: No, but you you can still be really good without it. Yeah. And if you look at the last eight games, I've referenced this before. Last eight games of 2019, he averaged 17.4 PPR points per game it was 15.3 in non-PPR.
1: But you know what he also had, to have, Dave? He had the most carries in football by 33. And that's actually alarmed me a little bit because you can't rely on that. In those eight games, you had 33 more carries than any other running back, Joe Mixon.
3: number That two just is, tells me that they were wondering. Well, why why right? can't that happen again?
1: I, I just don't. Even if he's going to lead the NFL in carries, it's not going to be to that degree. Now, Derrick Henry missed a game in there, so it would have been a little closer. But I like. Does he need, does he need to lead the league in carries to be the number four running back? Because that's no, what he was, he was in those well, eight he games. He was
0: doing that with such little talent around him compared to yeah. what he has now. Yeah, like his that's talent level around last him is so year. much better.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. But that's, isn't that isn't that reason to think his his carries will go down?
0: I mean, no, because if they're winning. They're going to rely on their run game more. Uh, they had the number one pick in the draft. I'm not sure they're going to be
1: winning much. I mean, no, even but that they much better. Down. Yeah, but I, the,
0: you're getting two first-round picks coming back to this roster and essentially a borderline Hall of Famer that they didn't have last year. Right, That's and that's just on the offense.
3: Now, I don't know how much better the defense is going to be, but they added some nice pieces in free agency in the draft.
0: Yeah. But well, they're going to be more competitive. For,
1: why are we just forgetting about his first eight games? Weren't
0: very good at all. He averaged 3.2 yards the coach, per it, game. It was, it was a new Co- coach. Right. And and, you know, they were dealing with the – is Dalton the guy? Let's put – Oh, come in. on. What
1: does that have to do with how effectively he ran the football?
0: Well, I can tell what? you what it is. That's just that's making the, excuses. That's, if the that quarterback nothing. is not the, – if the quarterback is not solidified, that's not going to impact how the running back plays? No.
1: What does it matter? Give no. him the ball. He averages 3.2 yards per carry, and he says, oh, sorry, coach. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Plus, we knew who the quarterback was. It was Andy Dalton. It wasn't like that for eight games. I think that's – I think that's. But a again, stretch.
2: a bet on Mixon is not a bet on his 2019 splits. It's a bet on 2020 being a better situation for the offense. That is, like, he wouldn't be. You asked why is he ahead of those other guys you you noted. If they didn't draft Joe Burrow and Andy Dalton was back, he wouldn't be.
1: Yeah, but I, I guess like comparing it to comparing it to Chubb, you know, Chubb sh- better should be a much
0: better situation. Chubb's got a for him rushing too. leader standing behind him. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're
1: right. He's still got a ton of ton of carries uh, in those with Kareem Hunt. Like I said, he was number two. Nick Chubb was number two in the last eight games of the season. Chubb uh, is great. In he's, he's, he's
0: just, he's uh, I mean, look, the offensive line got better. You know, a brought in a coach that wants to run the ball. Chubb's in a really good spot.
1: I guess the comparison I was making was with Mixon, Chubb, and Jacobs. All three of them look like they're going to get a lot of carries, but not a lot of catches. So I was wondering why Mixon was consensus, the number one for you guys.
2: I feel more comfortable saying that Mixon has reception upside than i do with chubb i think chubb has a little bit more uh i don't think it's crazy to be a little bit optimistic about jacob's reception upside with kind of the buzz that's been around him but it's that and then it's it's touchdowns for Mixon too i think he could have uh his best touchdown season he's topped out at nine tds that's part of the reason we don't really think of him as that great in in because in fantasy he hasn't been that great but a double-digit touchdown season would be great if this offense is a little bit
3: more productive. And you know that Kareem Hunt's going to be there to take some work away from Chubb. You know that Rashard and, and Bowden could take work away from Jacobs. Do you really think Giovanni Bernard's going to take a lot of work away from Joe Mixon?
1: I do not think that Jalen Rashard is going to take running work away from... It, significant running Touches work. nonetheless. T- yeah, catches, yeah. Sure. But more importantly for Jamie, knock-knock.
0: Who's there? Control freak. Control freak. Okay, now you say
1: control freak who? Right? It's like (laughs) a thank you, Ben. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next up in the uh, (laughs) consensus rankings. Where are we at? 16. Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette down at 19, and James Conner. Remember, this is PPR. Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, James Conner. Guys, should we be moving Leonard Fournette up a little bit? What do you think?
0: I think he belongs in this range.
2: Should we be moving on from this boring five group of what is it? Quintet of <laughs> veterans because who cares?
1: <laughs> wow, but but you've got you've got potential workhorses here. Which ones? Gordon, Carson, Gurley, Fournette, and Connor. All of them are potential workhorses, <laughs> no? If, as long as I use the word potential, I can't really be wrong.
0: But I mean, they should be. Gordon is the one you really worry about in terms of what the split's going to be, but he's shown you he could be really good even when he's not the ultimate workload guy.
2: Dave- I think he- Gurley's the one I feel the most comfortable projecting for a workhorse role. I mean, I feel like Atlanta did yeah. nothing, but, but at him. They, they, they want him to be that.
1: What about Fournette? They did nothing. Jaguars did nothing. Fournette was just a, a touchdown they, They've regression. talked about
2: trading him all offseason. What do you mean? They've done a lot.
3: They, they've said they don't want him anymore.
1: But they didn't get a running back.
0: True. Well, they signed so, him off. Un, it just leads me experience. to think that
3: if Fournette goes through a, a, a slow stretch, they'll be more than ready to put him on the bench and see what they have with Armstead. And that's if he makes it to the roster uh, when training camp starts, when training camp ends, when the preseason ends. Like I feel like that he's he's a landmine. He could really he he could really be a huge problem for your fantasy team and if you take him too early, you could regret it.
1: Okay, I guess we'll move on from this boring quintet and go to 21 through 25 in PPR rankings. Devin Singletary, David Johnson, DeAndre Swift, Mark Ingram and Cam Akers. We've got a couple of rookies in this group. Devin Singletary, David Johnson, DeAndre Swift, Mark Ingram, and Cam Akers.
2: How is Jonathan Taylor not gone yet? Yeah, he's, he's ahead
1: he's of the next. Guys for me.
3: He's 26.
1: How he's is he behind
3: Devin team. Singletary? Yeah. He shouldn't be. Uh, where's James Conner in all this? He was 30, 30. 20.
1: He was okay. the end of the boring Good. quintet.
3: Right, so this is this is going to be the group of running backs that you're going to take, hoping that they hit their potential. Rookies that are going to have to share to some degree at the beginning of the year, and hopefully by the time you're closer to your fantasy playoffs, they're they're leading the way for their squads.
1: We, we're almost out of guys that feels like they've got a really good chance to be workhorses, or. I wouldn't say a really good, but a, but a above average chance, right? And I think twenty seven on this list might might be the last one. Maybe, I don't know. There's like Sony Michelle's there, but twenty seven is David Montgomery. Twenty six is Jonathan Taylor. David Montgomery. So he is behind, obviously, Clyde Edwards elair He's also behind DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, and Jonathan Taylor. Now Montgomery is very close to the other three rookies. He's just ahead of Kareem Hunt and Keyshawn Vaughn. So this group here, twenty-six through thirty, is Taylor, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Tariq Cohen. And again, it's PPR. But you know, you've got like Kareem Hunt and Tariq Cohen in there. They are, you know, third-down backs. I get they're they're only going to be number three running backs in PPR at least on draft day, I would guess. But um, how do they compare to David Montgomery and Jonathan Taylor and Keyshawn Vaughn? Uh, what, what's your take there, Ben?
2: Um, I, I mean, Tariq Cohen obviously plays on the same team as David Montgomery and, and I have him a couple spots behind Montgomery in my own rankings, but I think he's a significant hindrance for Montgomery. I think he's somebody that they're going to use. I mean, it's kind of like what we're talking about might be a concern with Lynn Bowden with, with Oakland. We already know that is a concern for David Montgomery in Chicago. And so Montgomery's upside is, is very much capped, I think in the passing game, um, Cohen's just way more explosive he wasn't very good last year but they're still going to use him then they did use him uh throughout the year they didn't like Montgomery much in the passing game and I I think as the season went on Cohen's role his snaps started to creep back up They were a little bit lower early they, they tried to give Montgomery a little bit more of the work early uh and it looked like Montgomery might you know really have a, a big rookie season but it just never kind of came together for him so I, I I'm more concerned about Cohen for Montgomery's value than a lot of other passing backs in the league.
0: I'd so, rather have Vaughn than Montgomery. I would too.
2: I have Vaughn ahead of him. I guess that's the yeah. question,
1: right? It's like I'm not there, yeah. It's like you're you're going to take you're going to take a rookie that's in a position battle, whether it's Taylor or it's Swift or it's Vaughn ahead of Montgomery who had like 20 fewer touches than Aaron Jones last year. I mean, he had 242 carries. He had 25 catches. He did not do well. There's no question. But Le'Veon Bell didn't do that well as a rookie. You know, so I'm not disagreeing with you. But why are you going to take an unknown rookie in Tampa Bay, for example, over Montgomery, who you would think is going to get more carries than Keyshawn Vaughn?
2: Because upside isn't necessarily just about carries. It's about high-value touches. And I, I think I there's a few things coming out of the draft that I feel is confident about than... Keyshawn Vaughn's going to play on passing downs because Bruce Arians hated Ronald Jones' pass blocking last year. I mean, I'm the guy that was talking about Ronald Jones a lot. I was playing him in DFS after one of his big games. He started the next game, and he got benched right away. And we found out after the game uh, it was pass blocking related. And that that was the story of the whole season. He, I don't think Ronald Jones is going to play on passing downs again under Arians. So like as much as I think Ronald Jones is an underrated talent, it's like, that's that matters. Um, and they drafted a guy who, you know, Schrager told us was graded the third best pass blocker among the running backs in this class. So Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, is go like, that's why they got him. I I think that's very, very clear. And then that means he has the upside, you know, Aaron's did talk a little bit about wanting a three down back. Um, you know, you know, to the top that he doesn't think he's, or Dave may have that doesn't think he's David Johnson, but he did also talk about like being comfortable with a three down back or wanting a three down back. I can't think of the exact quote, but, um, that's the role that Vaughn could grow into. That's what you like. You're basically hoping he's Devonta Freeman early in, you know, with Devonta Freeman's second year, but he looked like the passing down back and they had just drafted Tevin Coleman, who was going to be the early down back. Uh and Coleman, I think, had to get hurt early in that year for that to to break out. But when a guy has the passing downs like that, if he can just get the the carries, then the upside's really high.
1: So I, I want to correct one thing I said, by the way. I said Kareem Hunt won't be drafted as a number three guy in non-PPR. He probably will. He's 33rd in our non-PPR consensus rankings. He's 28th in PPR. So technically, you know, he'll probably be in the top 36. Uh, I don't even know about Tariq Cohen, but I think you, you get the point. They're, they're more valuable in this format. So let's go to 31 through 35 here. Darius Geis, Raheem Mostert, James White, Karyon Johnson, and Ronald Jones. And to some degree, we've probably talked about all of these guys except for James White. Darius Geist, Raheem Mostert, James White, Kerryon Johnson, and Ronald Jones. That's the five there, Dave. Does anybody stand out in this group, 31 through 35?
3: Well, the first thing I want to say about James White is that in PPR, he's safe. He's given you at least 10 PPR points in 12 of 15 games in 2019, 12 of 16 in 2018, and a lot of those games in 2018 were just amazing. He is, had he, a huge is, he, num-
0: is he safe or was he safe? Okay. Because I mean, what just with the quarterback him? change.
3: Because I almost think that it helps him. I think if the system stays as it is in New England, and if it's Stidham or Hoyer, it leads me to believe that it'll be largely the same, that he's still going to vie for targets and and get a lot of catches there. Now, if they go and they add Cam, for example, I don't think they try and fit a square peg into a round hole. I I, I think they try and have Cam... They they play to Cam's strengths, and that could certainly hurt James White in that regard. But for now... I'm comfortable taking White as late as I possibly can in PPR leagues just for bench depth. And if he has to be my number three running back, if I have to use him as a flex sometimes, I don't mind because I think the track record has been there, and I think it will stay there. I think his role is locked up in, in New England.
1: Any other thoughts on this group? Geis, Mostert, White, On Johnson, Ronald Jones.
0: I hope Geis plays more than five games. I mean, I just want to see it. Right. I really do. I I mean, who knows? You know, they have so many running backs there, and and the addition of Antonio Gibson just makes it even more clouded, whatever they're going to do with him. But, you know, you have uh, Peterson still there. He'll get work. Barber will probably, you know, be a guy if he makes the roster that they may give a couple touches to. McKissick, I think, is going to be the one that plays on passing downs, but that's still going to be a disaster as well. So guys can clearly just say to all those guys, get out of my way if he's good, but we need to see it first. So I, I every time I rank guys, it's like, I guess this is where he belongs. And the it's more in that 30 I, oh, range, you know. Yep. Sorry, James.
3: Uh The more I think about Gibson, the more I like him. We know that he's versatile. We know that he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. We know he's got speed, decent size. Ron Rivera and offensive coordinator Scott Turner just came from Carolina where they were fortunate to have Chris McCaffrey as their running back for the past few years. And I'm not saying that Gibson is McCaffrey, but what if they end up trying to find a way to use him similarly? That could lead to some pretty big catches. And maybe I, I think I'm going to go after Gibson in some of my PPR leagues. But it sounds like they're going to play him at receiver, though. No, oh. they, they've they got him at running back. Well, if you go, at the draft, they, they listed him as receiver. No, I've seen nothing but running back on their website and in press quotes. I thought they announced him as a back, actually. They Uh,
2: did. Yeah.
3: He went through the draft process as a receiver. And when the Redskins draft, and maybe this is telling, maybe this plays into what I'm saying, um, that they, they list him as a running back. He's on their website right now as a running back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at a tweet from the athletic. They corrected themselves.
1: Uh, And I want to just talk about the lions real quick uh, reading an article. I don't know how much this means, but in the Detroit free press, Carlos Menares. I'm not sure quite how to pronounce his name, who will be the Lions' starting running back. He says if Carrion Johnson is healthy, he's done enough to earn the title of starter. He's well liked and respected throughout the team, and he also gave the Lions their first 100 yard rusher. Excuse me. First 100 yard rusher in 70 games as a rookie in 2018. Uh, Both Scarborough will offer. I lost the article. There we go. Bo Scarborough will offer the power component, but Swift should be nipping at Johnson's heels and might replace him as the starter if he makes enough big plays. It's a great problem to have for the Lions, blah, blah, blah.
3: If he nips at his heels too much, carry-on will be on short-term IR. (laughs)
1: Uh, Ronald Jones was number 35, so 36 through 40. We could probably stop here. I'll ask you guys for some late-round favorites. uh, Matt Breida. Oh, you guys have Marlon back 41st. My goodness. Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, Damian Williams, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson. That's 36 through 40. Adam,
2: where was you draft Marlon back?
1: Round two. I draft him ahead of Carryon <laughs> Johnson. I'd probably draft him ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn. Are you, I mean, you're talking. But see, about-
0: here's here's the problem. This is this is a format thing because I think in non PPR, I'm with you. He he wasn't gonna be involved in the passing game when he was a yeah, guy. That's true. And so now you're getting to this format where Taylor's better than, in my opinion. I mean, you know, we'll see what the Colts do. But then you throw in like I agree with everything Dave said about with Hines. I think Hines' role does not change at all. So right. it's like it's like you go from. 1 to 3 in the depth chart for the Colts um, in PPR you know you can maybe say 1 to 2 you know where he's better than Hines in non PPR but in this format I mean I don't I don't see Mac playing unless Taylor's hurt and uh, yeah I mean what? maybe really? in
2: September like I was saying earlier like you can enjoy drafting Marlon Mac too high and getting 12 14 carries 15 carries in a few September games but you you're, like you're going to get nothing out of that by well, November Well, it
1: depends who's getting the goal line work
3: you know? And that, you know something, that could be an area where Mac wins. Just based on the All fact right. that Jonathan Taylor had 18 fumbles in 41 games.
0: So we okay. have our new James
3: Devlin? The fumbles are a really if, if,
1: good point. We shouldn't yeah, overlook
3: that. I think that's why he wasn't a first-round pick. And I bet that's reason number one why the Chiefs... Well, I mean, one running back went to the Hilaire. first round,
0: and Edward Solaire was the guy they've been talking about for weeks for internally. If and he was the last pick of sure, the first round. Sure, but it might have
3: been. But that could have been. Listen, I, I'm going to trust Andy Reid evaluating running backs. Yeah, but, but keep else in mind the, the Colts.
0: The Colts traded out of the first round to get a huge upgrade on their defensive line, and with their first pick, they traded up for Taylor, right? They did trade up for Taylor, right, but know. he wasn't
3: their first. Was he their first pick in the round? I don't think no, so. He oh, no, no, they he took Pittman right away, but then they right. traded back
2: up. Yeah. But so
3: Marlon Max jump is, somebody.
2: Marlon Max, 5, 11, 2, 13, 40th percentile BMI for running backs. Jonathan Taylor's 5'10", he's uh, an inch shorter, he's 226, he's 13 pounds heavier, he's 89th percentile BMI, he is a bigger, faster. stockier, faster, more explosive back. I mean, yes, if the fumbles really are an issue, I, I, I do see that point, but that's why I said why when you initially brought it up. Because, like, Taylor, to me, is the one, when you get them in camp, you're going to say, this is the guy that we want to give the the ball right. at the goal line. <laughs> you know? So
3: so that's the thing. if. If he doesn't fumble in camp, obviously it's something that the Colts know about. Something that they're going to work on with him from the second that they're able to work on it with him. If if he doesn't fumble in the preseason or in training camp, then sure he's got a chance to have that role.
1: Yeah, just we'll remind everyone: Nick Chubb was better than Carlos Hyde, Miles Sanders better than Jordan Howard, and and neither of them won the starting job in Week One. You know, they but you a, don't a train win fast. an
2: injury. You don't win fantasy leagues in week one, so I don't. This, I'm
1: not Ben. I'm not taking. I'm not taking Marla Mack ahead of yeah.
2: of Taylor. I'm no, just, I think it's actually an interesting like question though. Like if you knew what happened to Carlos Hyde was going to happen, or what happened to Jordan Howard was going to happen, and Howard's was injury, where would you take those guys? If you knew you really only get in September and October production, because like for me, I I just don't draft those guys. I'm hoping that I can get by in those weeks, but sometimes those teams my fantasy teams wind up you know, b- a little bit behind the eight ball before I get some late-season production. So it, it's an interesting question, I think. But they're tough yeah. guys to rank.
0: This is, this is a great roster construction scenario because you could conceivably get the guys that you like, and if you have such conviction on them that you think by week five, week six, week eight, whatever the case may be, hopefully you're not out of it by then, but then you have just these superstars, whether it's Taylor or Swift or – Acres, you know, whatever the you case may be. You can throw
3: Dobbins in there if you if you really want to. Uh,
0: well, I'm, I'm just looking at guys that have a, have the best chance to sort of overcome sure, sure. the starter. But if you get off to that slow start and it's waivers and not fab, then you're getting the opportunity to take those guys off waivers first that are potential stars or guys that you could be starters early in the season. And so now you're sort of turning your roster over a little bit while you're still sitting on these lottery tickets. If you don't get too far behind, you could just start steamrolling the league by the time you get to the middle of the yeah. season.
2: That's kind of like the zero RB strategy too. Like if you start out really slow sometimes with no running backs, it, it doesn't hurt to, to have. Well,
1: I uh, I, I agree a, with what you're
0: saying though, but I think, I think the problem is that you still have to draft these guys relatively early because of where you are going to yeah. see them ranked? You know? Yep. So, you know, we're saying, uh, I don't want to, I, I don't know if it's fair to throw Edwards a in there, but it probably, probably should be. So if, if, you know, you're, you're following the consensus. So Edward Hallaire is a third round pick, I guess, um, based on the consensus. And Taylor is probably a fourth or fifth round pick. And um, Swift and Akers are, are in that same range. You know, so let's say you're taking two or three of these guys while building wide receivers, you have to take them in the first five rounds.
1: It's tough. But what I think you should hope for is a report or a quote from a coach that says, we're going to, the veteran's going to play. And then these guys are going to fall like Miles Sanders did. Because Miles Sanders certainly wasn't picked in the first five rounds. You know, so that you go into the season, people know that Marlon Mack's going to start. We're going to know that, hey, that doesn't mean he's going to finish. That doesn't mean he's going to be the starter in week six. And these guys fall a little bit. And maybe, you know, maybe they'll be, maybe their ADP will be lower than their ranking.
0: Wouldn't it that- have been nice if, if the Ravens, instead of taking Dobbins, they let him fall one spot to the Dolphins and the Dolphins took him in the second round? And if the Bucs really wanted to make a splash, they would have taken Swift or Taylor. And, yeah. you know, he would have gotten some of these superstar potential running backs in featured roles right away. Now, yep. again, I'd rather have Dobbins in Baltimore for 2021 and Taylor in Indianapolis for 2021. But for 2020, it would have been nice to have these guys been in a little bit more clear cut situations.
1: Some other highlights J.K. Dobbins is 46th in PPR, in non PPR. Dobbins is forty second. Uh, Zach Moss is 49th in PPR. Nothing really, nothing really huge here. I had a question. I don't know if you guys know, but you know, just seeing, uh, just talking about Austin Eckler earlier and undrafted free agent getting a big contract, getting big work this year. Hopefully, I feel like. The order of success in terms of where a player is drafted, running back is drafted, and how it translates to uh, translates to NFL success, it'd be it's something like round one, round two, round three, and then it might be undrafted free agent after that, and then round four. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing. There's there tends to be some success with undrafted free agents. It's rare, but it's also pretty rare for like a round five running back to to be good.
0: Well, uh, who's the undrafted rookie free agent that you point to besides LeGarrette Blunt? Philip Lindsay.
1: Philip Lindsay, Austin yeah. Eckler, Arian Foster was undrafted free agent, right?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. There's just a weird
1: history of. Well, the reason I take
0: Blunt out because we know what happened to him, why he wasn't drafted.
1: But I don't take that out because it could be any circumstance. You know, it could be a. But character. him in particular,
0: I mean, you know, he he would have been drafted if he didn't punch a kid right before the draft.
1: Yeah, but that's what you. I mean, it horrible saying it, but that's what you look for. Like character concerns cause people to drop. You should not discount their talent i mean it's a sure. cruel Fair game point. that we play but uh i don't know just kind of a random thought i didn't know if there was like a like ben, i figured ben would have like a well actually undrafted free agents 32 percent of the you know this is that whatever
2: <laughs> well wow. actually philip Lindsay was the first undrafted free agent to start his, i believe it was to start his career with two straight thousand yard seasons so you're probably putting too much weight on him and then aaron foster took a, a little bit of time and blunt there's not a lot of options there
3: yeah that, because most running backs and most players in general they're they go undrafted for a reason.
1: Yeah. Well but Was that ja- a good well, actually for you? Yeah, it was great. Jamie, um why did the chicken go to the seance? I don't know why. To get to the other side. Not bad. Thanks, thanks.
2: <laughs> okay, I keep laughing at all these <laughs> terrible jokes. I don't know why.
1: I got this from RD.com. Thank you, RD.com. We are out of here. Uh we'll talk to you on Tuesday night. Tonight, baby, we got our Twitch stream. Twitch.com slash FF today. We'll see you then. Also a podcast coming at you on Wednesday to talk about wide receivers. For Dave and Jamie and Ben, I'm Adam. Talk to you.